Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Today we welcome Oregon Tech women's head basketball coach Scott Meredith. This show generally covers men's basketball, but Coach Meredith is a friend of mine and he's a great coach. And more importantly, he's a fantastic person. Over a decade ago, Scott Meredith took over as head women's basketball coach at Oregon Tech. He's transformed the Lady Owls into a nationally recognized and respected power. He works daily to keep the Lady Owls amongst the top-rated teams in the country. Now, entering his 11th year as head women's basketball coach, Meredith has an overall record of 215 and 111 and a winning percentage of 66%. This places him in the NAI's top 10 nationally, and in only 10 seasons, his 215 wins places him in the top 20 in the country for all active NAI D2 coaches. In his career as head coach, he's won 70% of his games. Meredith is beginning his 40th season coaching basketball, 29 of those coaching women's basketball specifically. Along with 34 seasons as a head coach at multiple levels, Meredith also has spent six seasons in California as an assistant women's basketball coach at Santa Clara University, Humboldt State, Santa Rosa Junior College, and College of the Redwoods, before arriving in Klamath Falls to lead the Lady Owls. Under Meredith's guidance, the Lady Owls have won two Cascade Tournament Championships and have made five trips to the NAI National Tournament, advancing to the Sweet 16 twice. Coach Meredith definitely has an eye for ability and talent. The list includes four NAI All-Americans, 22 Cascade Conference Basketball All-Conference selections, 58 All-Academic selections, and 27 NAI Scholar Athletes. This women's team is a perennial NAI Scholar team. In fact, in 2015-16, the Lady Owls really took it to the next level by having the highest grade point of any collegiate women's basketball team in the nation at 3.78. Scott Meredith compiled a record of 152-47 and for 76% win percentage at Arcata and Fortuna High Schools. His teams dominated the Humboldt Del Norte League with an overall league record of 48-8, and including four league championships, seven consecutive berths in the North Coast section playoffs. Scott is originally from Northern California, where he was a four-sport letter winner at Orcada High School. He graduated from Humboldt State University in 1987, and he played football and baseball for the Lumberjacks at Humboldt State. He received his master's in health and physical education with an emphasis in sports psychology from St. Mary's College of California. I hope you enjoy our interview with Scott Meredith today. He's a class act and a perfect example of the class and integrity that we all expect from NAI basketball. Scott will join us in 30 seconds. Cascade Hoops Talk. We're here today with Scott Meredith, the women's head basketball coach at Oregon Tech. Welcome, Scott. Hi, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate having you. Uh, you know, typically on this show we interview men's coaches, uh, but you're a friend of mine, and I told the audience in the introduction that you're not only a great coach, you're a fantastic person. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell your story. I think what you've done in your coaching career is fantastic, and what you've done at Oregon Tech is highly commendable. Well, thank you, Bill. I'll certainly come on more often. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so Scott, you have a pretty interesting background. You you grew up in uh, Northern California, and you went to Arcata High School, and you were a four star a- or four letter athlete there. Why don't you talk about that? It was was it Tiddlywinks and Jacks or? <laughs> well, that was uh, quite some time ago. Uh, I attended Arcata High in the mid seventies, but uh, I did play football. Uh, basketball, and then uh, baseball in the spring, and the uh, uh, or baseball and uh, track in the springtime, and uh, that's just kind of what we did back in the day. Not everybody played four sports, but it it kept us busy. And in high school, there was very little overlap, uh, so you were able to transition from one sport to another. And in springtime, playing baseball, but I was also in, on track team as a sprinter, and I ran the hundred. 220 and the 440 relay so i didn't have uh, a significant amount of training like a distance runner would have so i was able to pull that off well that, that's still that's a great ex- great experience uh you know i went to klamath union which was a pretty big high school at the time and we only had one person that lettered in four sports so i know that that's a special uh special achievement you should be proud of that and then you went on to Humboldt State, being a Northern California boy, and and you did uh, you played two sports there at the, at Humboldt State. That's a big, pretty big school too. What yeah, did you... yeah, yeah. For a couple of years uh, uh, after I was at College of the Redwoods, I went to Humboldt and uh, uh, played football under uh, uh, head coach Bud Van Buren, and my uh, uh, defensive back coach was uh, Fred Seiler, who I think was just one of the best there ever was, and uh, I was able to. Uh, play football in the fall and then i was coaching uh eighth grade boys basketball in the during the winter time and then i played baseball in the spring so once again transitioned from sport or activity uh to one one to another and kept busy all the time and it really kept me motivated in school and kept me busy and and it was a really enjoyable time i have very fond memories at humboldt state so scott you have a heck of an athletic background can you tell us maybe one or you give us a couple of your your greatest athletic moments. What are some of your best memories? <laughs> oh boy, uh, they were all so long ago, Bill. But uh, uh, at Humboldt, one time uh, we went down for a doubleheader at Menlo College, and uh, the, my first at bat, first pitch I saw, I hit a solo home run at dead center. It was the only home run I'd hit at Humboldt State, and uh, <laughs> that was uh, a nice moment. Uh, I never, you know nice aluminum bats i never really felt it come off the bat and i think i was rounding second base and digging hard before i even realized it was out so that was a bit of a surprise for all of us that was a a real highlight and uh you know competing uh at humboldt in football our preseason was made up of games against division ones uh portland state sacramento state uh santa clara and st mary's both had football programs at that time so even though we were at that time uh, Division II non-scholarship, we were able to compete against Division Ones. You know, the contact, the hitting, uh, the competition was just phenomenal. Very proud I was able to, uh, you know, play for the Jacks in that era and still have a lot of uh, lifetime friends from that uh, experience. Oh, well, you should be. Humboldt State's always had a, a great football history. You were you were an athlete. You talked about you know coaching some boys and eighth grade boys, but what really drove you to coach? And and how did you make that decision? Was it a single moment or was it a process? Yeah, it was a process over time. Actually, when I was a sophomore in high school, I uh, got a job refing fifth and sixth grade boys recreation basketball, 
in Arcata. And while I was repping, uh, I was watching the sidelines. I thought, you know, it'd be a whole lot more fun to coach. So as a junior in high school, I uh, coached my first uh, fifth and sixth grade Parks and Recreation uh, basketball team. And, and at that point, I was kind of hooked. And I did that for three years uh, before I got my first big break, Sunny Bray Middle School, eighth grade boys. And this is about 
when I started doing the varsity girls at Arcata, I called him and said, hey, I'd like some help. Maybe you can show me some things, uh, X's and O's, some, you know, practice, plan design, some things uh-huh. like that. And so I actually drove down to the Bay Area and spent a weekend with Coach Benny. And uh, he's really uh, been my mentor over the last 30, 35 years. And uh, so much so that Coach has come up to uh, some of our practices and helped out for a few weeks early in the season. He comes up every summer now, works at our summer camps, brings his granddaughter, Kaylin, up. And so it's a very nice relationship. But I really would have to give Coach Benny credit for really helping shape uh, my coaching philosophies over the years. Oh, that's a great story. So you, how long did you coach high school? Uh, quite a while, right? High school varsity women's? Yeah, I was at Arcata High School for seven years and then I also had a one-year stint at uh, Fortuna High School and at Arcata we had a really good run sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time and I had several classes of young women go through Arcata High while I was there and I was just sharp enough not to screw it up but I had a uh, a point guard who came in as a a freshman uh, Aaron Dern Little who eventually went on and played at Cornell I had a two-guard same year, Terry Jones, who after Arcata High went to the Army for three years and then played at New Mexico State. So I had a Division I backcourt. Uh, Christina Hofstra was a, a 5'11 post uh, on that same team that uh, to this day is still the College of the Redwoods all-time leading scorer. So there was all t- kinds of talent going through Arcata High, and we had a really good run for a number of years. At one point, we had a mid-season ranking of number six in the state of California for all Division three schools. And wow. it's a big state. It's a big state. And uh, in their final season, we won our first 28 in a row before finally losing in the state uh, tournament. But it was a really good run. And during that time, uh, family and friends were encouraging me to pursue the college game. And, you know, it's... Uh, Coaching college athletics, it's its different than finding a job as an accountant or a realtor. You've got a body of work, and you've got to know people and get some experience. And so uh, after Arcata High, uh, I decided to make a, a change, and I uh, assisted at College of the Redwoods for a year. Uh, I assisted at Santa Clara University for a year, uh, Santa Rosa Junior College, and then uh, Humboldt State. And so, um, like a lot of coaches, we moved. There were several years where we moved, and my new kid, my kids were new, new kids in school a couple of times and mm-hmm. finally settled back back home in Arcata, uh, where I was able to get on as an assistant for a couple of years with uh, uh, Humboldt State. Uh, after two years of doing that, I went back eventually and had one year at Fortuna High School and then the following year, Oregon Tech came along. And so it was really an incredible journey to gain the experience I did, not only as a head coach at the really, you know, younger levels, fifth and sixth grade, and then seventh and eighth grade, and junior high, or junior high, and then uh, junior varsity, up through varsity basketball, eventually making my way through junior college, through Division One and Division Two. So I really coached almost every level along the way from third and fourth grade parks and rec, which I did with my son, Trace, 
some third and fourth grade Parks and Rec all the way up through Division One, And I really think that uh, helped me with certainly uh, developing uh, my coaching philosophies, my the way that I conduct practices, of course, being a, a classroom teacher for many years helped me develop my instructional methods on the court. And so it was quite a journey and, and quite a jump from uh, going from Fortuna High School one year to Oregon Tech the next year. Fortunately, I'd had a couple of years at Humboldt State in Santa Clara to learn more about the recruiting aspect and things that are specific to college basketball. So I thought uh, by the time I got to Oregon Tech, I'd, I think I'd been coaching about 28 years and felt I like I had a pretty good handle on the game. And then I met Danny Miles. And, of course, uh, our Oregon Tech's legendary coach, uh, Coach Miles, I think at that time, maybe was at about 850 wins. And I'm just approaching uh, trying to earn win number one. And so I had the uh, pleasure of working with Coach Miles for seven years. And, and honestly, uh, to talk basketball with him every day and honestly picked his, picked his uh, brain like a chicken bone. You know, I tried to uh, learn everything I could from Coach and really thank Coach Miles for shaping my my philosophies and my strategies and I really developed a lot of his techniques over those seven years and so coach Miles is really really uh, instrumental in my development as a college coach. During that time when you worked with Danny it was I'll call it a metamorphosis because it didn't happen overnight but where the the women's and men's programs kind of melded into a, a single program and became more similar with each other kind of the, the same type of philosophy if you will the same the same culture the same traits and you know that's one of the the key factors at Oregon Tech now is that we it's considered a one single basketball program would you say that's yeah. true? Oh, I do. I do say that's true. Uh, Coach Miles came over, I think, first or second day I was sitting in the office. And here's the coach that's approaching 900 wins, and I don't have win number one yet. So my ears are wide open. And uh, Coach's uh, uh, statement to me at that time was, hey, I've got the men's program, you've got the women's program, but I want us to be considered one basketball program. I want to have that kind of level of of communication and I was all in you know and uh, so that was a real thrilling day and and working with somebody that had been so successful but was also so willing to share his knowledge and his experiences you know and I was uh, really a, a blank canvas even though I coached 28 years I wanted to be successful and I I knew right away that I needed to be listening to coach Miles and and, and so I started adopting some of his philosophies, uh, even some specific things uh, about his defenses. We talked about a lot about the type of student athletes we could recruit to Oregon Tech and how our academic programs uh, would attract really top-notch individuals. Um, and so the conversations went from X's and O's to uh, recruiting to, um, you know, just uh, logistics went on the road trying to create the best atmosphere for success. And so uh, uh, those conversations with Coach Miles still continue to this day. Uh, we still talk on the phone, and uh, I really, really uh, value that friendship. So, Scott, you've, you've coached women's basketball more than anybody else I know. What are some of the challenges with the women's game versus the men? 
Uh, do you have to coach it different? Uh, just talk about the, the differences and how, and how you had to adapt. There are differences in gender that you just have to acknowledge. Uh, while they're all students and they're all athletes, they're different. And some people would say if you're coaching the guys, you're coaching egos. And if you're coaching women, you're coaching more of the emotions. I think that gap is closing uh, because the the women now have so many more opportunities to compete as little kids. So a lot of a lot of my players have been playing uh, basketball since kindergarten, first, second grade. Uh, when I was growing up, I don't think there were those kind of opportunities at, at an early age for girls to get involved in athletics. So that's changed for the better. Uh, I really enjoy the women's game. It, I think it's a little more team-oriented in that you don't see as much isolation, one-on-one uh, -on -one stuff, although, once again, that gap is closing also. For me, it's just what I've been doing uh, since, oh, geez, the early 90s. Uh, actually, you know, like I said, I've got my network of coaching friends in the women's game. I find that... Uh, you know, at Oregon Tech, we have very, very special student-athletes. Our guys are tremendous, respectful young men. Uh, they go to class, they do well in the classroom. Women, young women I get to work with, phenomenal. Three years ago, in a, in a really successful season in terms of wins and losses, they also had the highest grade point average in the country at 3.78. And this was for 15 girls majoring in things like medical imaging, dental hygiene, mechanical and civil engineering, tough majors. I really enjoy the full experience with my girls. They do well in the classroom. They're tremendous ambassadors for our school, and they're extremely coachable and want to learn and be successful. And now that we've had, I've been entering my 11th season, we've built up a little tradition, and it kind of rolls from one, one group to the other. And so I, I, I feel like I'm in one of the greatest uh, NAI coaching positions in the country. One, I got to work, work with Danny Miles for seven years, but Oregon Tech's a, a very unique place academically, and it's a great fit for me as an educator. So, Scott, can you talk a little bit about your basketball philosophy? You talked about working with Danny, but over the years you've obviously developed a basketball philosophy. And tell me what kind of traits do you try to build into your teams well, one, at Oregon Tech, academics are first. If it comes down to practice or uh, going to class or a lab, you go to class. And that kind of sets the tone for overall what's going on. But we always try to uh, arrange our practice time so we have little conflicts. But uh, for me, we really do try to, it might be kind of a cliche, but we really do try to create a, a family atmosphere. It goes beyond the court. You know, I'm here for the, the girls if they, have transportation issues or, or things like that. Uh, it's a small community, uh, and that's that makes it a, a really nice environment to coach in. Uh, you know, our fans in, in Klamath Falls are second to none, and so it is a com community activity. But in terms of specifics to our program, we have uh, stressed defense first. Uh, I think that's something that as long as you have uh, – a basic set of guidelines, uh, your athletes are in good condition. Playing defense is something that you can do every night. And so we really stress the defensive end. We've been predominantly a man-to-man -man defensive team, but that's where it all starts for us. 
Uh, we also like to play up-tempo. We like to get up and down the court and run because it's fun for the girls. It uh, also helps promote conditioning, but that's just the pace that I like to see us play at. So a little up-tempo offensively, uh, and it's one of those Danny Miles philosophies that you uh, score early or you shoot early or you shoot it late. So you run down, you try to transition, get an early look, and if you don't get that early look, you bring it out, and then you're very deliberate about what you do. And uh, Danny would say that uh, most defensive players will play defense for three, four, five passes, but sooner or later, somebody's not going to want to chase that shooter over the screen, or uh, they're not going to switch, and we're going to find that that mistake. And so, a lot of my my uh, philosophies really helped shape by you know Coach Betty long ago, and and Danny Miles more recently. Defense up tempo. And then really uh, making sure that we're thorough in our preparation for games and uh, trying not to hold our players accountable for something we haven't showed them or something we haven't taught them. And so uh, the girls understand that if uh, there's something going on that I haven't prepared them for, then I'm going to take responsibility for that. But I think my background as a classroom teacher has uh, kind of helped train me to look at the big picture and the little parts of the puzzle that help make the whole. And so we really uh, try to look at the detail within each play or each movement and try to make that really efficient. You talked about wanting to uh, speed the game up. When you get new new players in town, how long generally does it take them to adapt to the elevation? And people who don't know it, uh, Danny Miles Court is forty over 4,300 feet, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, it, it scares girls a little bit, and the kids who have been here understand that. Uh, often they will show up uh, a couple weeks into town before practice starts so they can get acclimated. It's, it's high enough, so there is a difference. And I noticed it when I first moved up here from Arcata. Arcata is at sea level, and I came up here and, and would be winded a little bit uh, just going up the stairs to the gym. And uh, while I wasn't in uh, really game condition, I wasn't that out of shape. So uh-huh. I realized that uh, the uh, altitude had a factor. And when I first got here, um, we were still playing 20-minute halves. And so Danny you know, talked to me about that and run, 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 use the elevation for our advantage. And let's see what kind of gas uh, opposing teams have that last six, seven minutes of a half. Now our game has changed. Now we play 10-minute quarters, so uh, everybody has a break built into that now. So that uh, strategy isn't quite as effective anymore, but still, we want to run, and we do see opposing players gasping for air. And, and it, it, going back to your original question, it takes, it takes uh, uh, some time, I'd say generally about 10 days, two weeks, for the girls to really get comfortable with the thinner air. Almost the sixth man, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, coaches will use uh, whatever they have at their disposal for their advantage. And so <laughs> in Klamath Falls, if it's elevation, then we're going to uh, we're going to promote it, we're going to sell it, and we're going to use it. So, Coach, uh, you have a, a young team this year. You graduated several seniors last year. You've had a, a lot of success at, at Oregon Tech. You were in the final 16 last year. You want to talk just a bit about this year's team? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, we did. We graduated five seniors. Uh, one had a an ACL tear and really kind of became an assistant coach for us. But those 
the four seniors that were playing, there was a lot of experience there. Uh, one of them, Nohea Vaivaiole, became an All-American for us, and so we graduated an awful lot. With that said, we, we do have an extremely young team. We've got three juniors right now, one of which redshirted last year, and the other two are my team captains. We have four sophomores who did gain a lot of experience experience last year a lot of very good game experience and then we have six freshmen and it's their first college experience and so I'm really looking at my juniors as my upperclassmen my I even refer to my sophomores as upperclassmen and uh, in conversations hey you have to help the young guys adapt (laughs) these guys are only in their second year of college and so it's a really interesting dynamic but what you also get is a team of eager learners and they want to be successful they want to carry on the traditions and have success that former teams have had so they're extremely coachable they're working together really really well we're having fun team chemistry early in the season is tremendous and if you've got hard-working kids in a neat environment where they enjoy being around each other, you're going to have a chance to be successful. I really think at this point, our talent exceeds our youth. Our um, players are young, but they're very good basketball players. And I think the big challenge for the freshmen is adapting to the speed and physicality of the game. Things that they did in high school defensively won't work anymore because now you're playing against college kids who can knock down the shot or college kids that are four or five inches taller. And so they've got to adapt to the speed, the length, the size, the physicality of the college game. And that's always, you know, that's always part of the learning curve for the freshmen. I'm referring to my sophomores as veterans now, and they have, thir- they have 33 games under their belt. And so uh, I'm thrilled with, with our team so far. It's really fun for me. And if this team is like our, our teams in the past, we've always kind of accelerated that second half of the team when the defense solidifies and, and people understand their roles better. And I just think with a young team like this, the potential for growth and to see uh, uh, really positive development through the course of the year is tremendous. And Hopefully it comes sooner than later, but uh, I'm really, really pleased with this team. Uh, I like our, for such a young team, I really like our talent level. And uh, I think we've got some uh, uh, room for growth as the season goes on. I'm certainly looking forward to to this season. Uh, There has been some fantastic success in both the men's and women's program at Oregon Tech. And we all know that the, the team is young, but you have an incredible eye for talent, and these young people that you brought in, it, they come in at, with a very good resume. So we're all, we're all looking forward to this season. Well, thank you. I am too, and I, I, I feel just so fortunate to be at an institution like Oregon Tech that's so well supported by not only administration, but also our fans in Klamath Falls. They are phenomenal. It's a really, really fun place to coach, and and uh, Coach Parnell and I, we have a unique situation that uh, we uh, are good friends, our staffs are friends. Uh, you know, I, 
was fortunate enough to add uh, Ryan Beasley, uh, former Hustlin' Al, who played for Danny Miles, has a couple of years of experience at the Cascade Conference, was able to bring in Ryan Beasley this year, uh, and he has just added a, a tremendous amount of insight to our program. He's taken over our conditioning, and I think the the conditioning that he's doing with our men and, and women's players is going to change how our players look and how they perform. Uh, so I feel like I've got a, a really good assistant. It's just a it's a great situation with the success of the men's program last year and earlier on and the legacy that Danny Miles left. Uh, it's a it's a very special place and I I, I couldn't be happier and more thrilled uh, that not only did I actually get a chance to be a college head coach, but I landed at a place like Oregon Tech that has such rich, rich traditions. And uh, uh, every day uh, I wake up excited to go into the office and uh, and see my athletes. And so it's a uh, and you know, Bill, you've been around Oregon Tech athletics long enough. You long know, that, you know what I, you know what I'm describing. Yeah, long time. Every every interview, I t- I always tell the uh, the local people call today or go on OregonTechIsles.com and buy your season tickets. A pair of season tickets is going to cost you less than a weekend in Portland, and you're going to be entertained all season. And these games are double headers, and this is some of the best basketball in the nation. NAIA ball is the best entertainment value in the nation. Some of the best teams in America are playing right there in the base, and if you don't have season tickets, you're missing out. Buy them today. Yeah, thank, thank you, Bill. Yeah, it's I, we think it's exciting basketball, and besides, you're you're really getting the true collegiate student athlete experience. You know, some of our I know some of our guys are interested in maybe continuing their careers after. Uh, college, maybe playing professionally overseas and things like that. But in general, the athletes at Oregon Tech that we're coaching are are playing their sport while they're earning their education, and they're going to go out and be medical professionals, engineers, communication specialists. And so that's what they're doing, and basketball's part of their experience. But this is really, really the genuine college experience at NAI level. Absolutely. They're they're true student-athletes, and the level of basketball is unbelievable. I'm constantly getting compliments and, and things from our fans that are, uh, especially people that haven't seen a college women's basketball game, and they come out for the first time, and how impressed they are with the level of athleticism and the skill level and how well the girls shoot the ball. It is, it's, it, it's inspiring to me. And uh, I feel fortunate that I get to spend virtually every day with them. A part of the process of their their growth and development at Oregon Tech, and it's very, very rewarding that, you know, I know most of the athletes on the other teams, it really thrills me to go out and watch our soccer teams play or our volleyball team compete. You really have, at a school our size, you really have a vested interest in the athletes, and, and I thoroughly enjoy watching them compete. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on here. This is Scott Meredith, head women's coach at, at Oregon Tech. Scott, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for what you're doing, Bill. Uh, we uh, enjoy listening and, uh, and continued uh, success with your show. Okay, thank you.